AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Sellers remained in control of the wheat complex, but corn and soy complex prices recovered from yesterday's year-starting price slide. Yesterday's strong gains in the cattle complex turned into a day of consolidation. Lean hog futures were mixed in light trade. Live from a day that technically probably doesn't qualify as a hump via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll chat with Chris Robinson from Robinson Ag Marketing. Directly following the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm the handsome newsman, Davis Michelson, and now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. You know, that's an excellent point. Is there a hump in a four-day work week? That is an excellent point. Thank you for noticing. How you yeah. doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. How are you? Really great. Really good. Great. Good. I would like some sunshine. Would you? Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, not but, at the moment. We've got it down here for now, but we're almost done with it. Yeah. So we'll give her a little. We'll give her a little shove toward the northward direction there, and see if we can't get her there by. Right. I don't know. Maybe by morning. Yeah. Does that work? We've got cloud cover. I think sticking around for quite some time. We're going to be right in the center mm. of where snow is expected to fall later this week. Yeah. But here in northeast Iowa, it looks like we're going to stay clear at least for now it looks like we are going to stay clear i just cursed myself i realized that Mm -hmm. um we're talking about a storm system that isn't coming through until sunday or monday and um when you're that far out it's pretty tough to talk any details and i probably just made sure that we're going to get you know 10 12 inches of snow this weekend it's the freezer full of beef all over again chip it is it is. I I know exactly what you are talking about. Exactly what you are talking about. Welcome to AgriTalk. I am Chip Flory. That is Davis Michelson. We've got Hello. a great show oh, coming your way. Conversation with Chris Robinson from Robinson Ag Marketing. We're going to kind of do a checkup. Check the health okay. of, of the ag markets with Chris and uh, talk about the fundamentals that he thinks will be influencing price action in the year ahead. All right. right. And we can't forget Bubba. Bubba's on his way, too. So, Mm -hmm. all right, let's get to the news. Well, Chip, wheat futures suffered through a third consecutive lower close with the market building on yesterday's sharp losses. March soft red winter wheat futures spiked the psychological $6 level and recovered to close slightly above that level. The close below the December 13 low of 602 and one half in front month SRW futures opens downside risk to the November 27 low of 556 and one quarter. A second consecutive day of gains in the U.S. dollar index kept the sellers active in wheat futures. Traders also reacted to general improvement in USDA's crop condition ratings in the central and southern plains. March HRW wheat futures seven and one half cents lower today, 621 and one half. March SRW wheat down six and a half to six dollars and one quarter cent. March spring wheat closed at seven oh eight and one half. That's down six and one half cents, Chip. Yeah. Now in the uh, in the March SRW futures, 
that risk down to the low at 556 and a quarter. There are levels of support between the 602 or the, excuse me, the $6 level and that 556. And there's some retracement levels that we need to make note of as well. But boy, they're just, it, it looks like a pretty clean slate to get down there to the lows. We'll chip after Tuesday's sell-off to start the week. March corn futures opened higher, then pulled back on spillover pressure from wheat futures to spike support at yesterday's low. That move to a new contract low triggered a round of short covering with futures climbing back to close above the opening range. Argentina is expected to see mostly good conditions for field work between now and Friday. Beginning on Friday, rains are expected to become more frequent and to improve soil moisture. March corn futures were one and one half cents higher, 465 and one quarter. May corn up a whole penny to 478. July corn futures closed at 488 and one quarter. That's up a half cent today. Yeah, so price slide four or five cents, recovery a penny, maybe two penny. Trade steady for a day and then see how we can trade into the end of the week. But it feels like downside momentum is building. Chip March beans opened higher and dropped to spike support at yesterday's low before prices rebounded to close high range and above the opening range. Still, downside momentum is building in the bean market with Tuesday's downside price gap between 12.90 and three quarters and 12.96 and three quarters acting as tough overhead resistance. Soybean oil futures followed crude oil futures to the upside and posted modest gains. Soybean meal futures also closed higher with support from short covering. Early selling in the soy complex was triggered by rains in Brazil's northern production areas. March soybeans were three and one half cents higher at 12.77. May beans up four cents to 12.85. July beans closed at 12.91. That's up four and a half cents, Chip. The weather forecast for central Brazil is not perfect, but it's better than what it was at midweek last week. And the market is responding to that. But just how much weather premium was put into the market before to allow for this, you know, for the price pressure that we saw yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk to Chris about that coming up here in a bit. March cotton recovered from yesterday's sharp losses and maybe posted an inside trading day with a low range open and a high range close. We haven't settled yet, but I've got the uh, the May contract up 99 points at yeah. uh, 8207. I think, the, I think the March contract settled up 68 settle? points at 8093. Oh, that's not. Oh, I have eighty ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On the march. Uh, you know what? Let's get to the uh, to the rest later. Okay, we'll do that. Let's bring him in, Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. How you doing, Bubba? What's up, fellas? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Um, so, what's going to be your theme? What What's your thought? Your 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 guiding thought for twenty four. I'm I'm blue I'm blue and I'm blue I'm on the blue side and I'm depressed. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no action in these markets right now, but they're very oversold, and I would expect a bounce out of out of any circumstances. We got a little attempt of a bounce in corn and beans today. Yeah. We've stayed low, but there's they're both they're very oversold. There's, there's the bottom line chip. There isn't a lot of real. There's not a real lot of action right now, so it's well, hard to get excited about anything when I look at it. Yeah, and the funds seem to be building a short position in the soybean market, which um, it, ugh, that's going to be tough to turn that boat around, isn't it? Well, I, it will be until it does. I mean, you know, you, you know, yeah. markets are very funny. And, and when they get so quiet and so slow and, and people try to build a big position 
in a quiet market. We've all seen the devastation that can happen to them if they turn them around. I mean, they're they're powerful until they're not. And if they get caught in a short squeeze, you know, any news that brings some volume back to this market could spin these guys on their head, and we could see a big rally. But again, I, I mean, I wouldn't be too aggressive here other than to be hedged and to be protected if I was an owner of a crop. But if I'm trading, I'm looking to be on the blue side. I, I think the favorability of risk is, is, is to the downside if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're if the risk is to the upside if you're short. I don't think there's as much risk to the downside. Oversold conditions, very slow markets. You know, what does that eventually lead to? I think it leads to a big short covering rally. So that's what I would look for. Okay. All right. Well, we will be watching for that to happen. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate you, man. Hey, hey, thanks, guys. Have a great day. You bet. That is Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. You know, and you, you, you can't laugh at what he said. It works until it doesn't. And that's kind of the attitude that I am seeing in some of these, uh, some of the markets right now is, is uh, it, it, you stay on the short side of it until it proves you wrong and, and you have to get out. Okay, we're going to check the health of the markets. We've got Chris Robinson, Robinson Ag Marketing, up next here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, we are going to get to the conversation with Chris Robinson here in just a moment. First, Davis, go ahead and wrap up that market news. Sure thing, Chip. Well, on the livestock side, I've got continued pressure on heavyweight choice graded boxed beef prices, stalling yesterday's gains in the cattle complex. Today, February live cattle, seven and one half cents lower, 171.85. The April contract up 25 cents, 174.75. And March feeders up 57 and one half cents to 227.02 and one half. And on the snout side, February lean hog futures recovered from a spike of support at 65 cents for a second consecutive session, Chip. Yeah. February hogs were two and a half cents lower, sixty-five thirty. April hogs thirty cents lower, seventy-two twenty. Yeah, February hogs keep knocking on the door there at sixty-five cents. You, you do it enough times, eventually the market's going to let you through. Uh, and at then, two and, and a half cents a knock, though, it can take us two weeks. <laughs> Just that's saying. right. Just saying. <laughs> yes, yes. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Um, the uh, the cattle market is anticipating that we're going to see some higher cash bids again this week, which would make it, I think, three weeks in a row 
with some strength mm. in the cash cattle market. If that happens, then I think we can we can maybe anticipate uh, some strength into the end of the week in the in the cattle futures. But man, like Bubble was just talking about, things can change so fast. Yep. So fast in these markets, uh, it's tough to uh, to to know what's going to happen at the end of the week. All right. Chris Robinson, Robinson Ag Marketing, is our guest analyst today. Chris, Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? Hey, Happy New Year, Chip. Yeah, Happy glad year. you're here. Um, yes, sir. Thanks. Love your Twitter feed, by the way. It it, uh, it is worth following, and it get, always gives me things to think about. And it kind of gave me the idea for this. You know, let's do a health checkup on the markets. I want to start with corn. When you look at the corn chart right now, here we are at contract lows. <laughs> it does not look or appear to be a very healthy market. No, I mean, the, especially it's old crop, new crop. Old crop, I think the biggest thing out there that we look like we were going to dodge a bullet six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. Then we came back to reality. We have a two billion bushel carryout. And, you know, um, and people were banking on a bigger problem in South America, especially with the Safrina the second crop. And it just never uh, materialized, no matter how hard people pushed showing pictures of, you know, brown fields uh, down 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 south. Yeah. We just didn't get, you know, any follow through. And um, I think that was it. I think once people got back to reality, a two billion bushel carry out historically, you know, uh, you can go back. Uh, that's the nice thing about the internet. You can go back and see, you know, what were prices the last time we had a two billion bushel carry out. And I think that's what people have looked at. They're like, oh boy, we've got some downside risk here. And um, what's gonna possibly turn the corner? We'll yeah. find out finally yields, you know, um, in six weeks, eight weeks coming out of South America. Also, too, we're going to see, can the USDA surprise everybody? People always assume that they're going to, you know, hurt us, which probably yeah. is the best way, to, the best way to go into those things. But <laughs> the, Jan the January 12th report is a big one. It is the final production number. Um, you can argue about it all you want, but those will be the numbers we'll be chewing on, you know, as we head into yeah. the spring, really, and planning. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. How do you measure the downside in the corn market right now when we're making contract lows? Well, we're at three-year lows. And you start doing what everybody does now, courtesy of the Internet. You know, 25, 30 years ago, I was one of those people walking around with a, a paper stack yeah. of charts. People are like, what yeah. is this guy looking at? Now you can pull it up and see for yourself. The market tends to go back and look at what are the old lows. Um, I will say this, if you go back to the 2013 to like 2018 level, 460 was the tippy top. We couldn't get through that. Now we're testing it to the bottom side. So that's kind of number one. Will the, will the old ceiling be the new floor? I think if that fails, then people are going to be screaming about 450 corn. There's a, probably a lot of downside puts down there, which may be a target for the market. But it's kind of like... Um, um, those old movies where they go walking through the forest and they'd step on quicksand. Yeah. You don't know exactly where you're going to catch you know, a branch to stop you. Right. But people do look at those old charts. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling uh, thing. People say, okay, this one didn't hold. Maybe this one will. And we saw that this year with wheat. I mean, wheat was just, yep. you know, a debacle after that July high. Kept thinking this old hold, this old uh, low will hold. This one will hold. And um, it just, you know, never really came to fruition. So that's what we're looking at. I think people are concerned. Is 460 corn going to go sub 450? And we'll just have to wait and see. Right. Right. So when you're talking to farmers about managing risk in this market, 
mm-hmm. in the corn market in particular, or corn market right now. Uh, what what's the what what's the theme of your marketing? Right now, uh, you know, don't cry over spilt milk. Don't play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game. Don't keep looking back at July saying, why didn't I do more here or there? Let's just deal with reality. And reality is when you're at three-year lows, you don't want to spend a whole lot on put. You want to make sure that you've got downside kind of a catastrophe level covered. But this is the time where these weekly, monthly, shorter-term options can really help you because they let you do give yourself a floor. They let you give you a, a worst-case scenario. But then also you leave the possibility that, you know, if we turn around, then if we do, if we already get a 30, 40, 50 cent correction higher in corn, then I think that's what I'm trying to tell guys to say. Say if we get that rally, use it okay. to make better cash yields. Yep. So um defend, defend, defend. It's like um, you know, being on the five yard line. You gotta defend that those lows, but boy, you know. Don't uh, don't leave yourself out of the, the, the fray if we get a, a good recovery. If we get a re- good recovery, you know, be willing to at least think about making some sales. And I think a lot of people got caught up this summer when we had that last yeah. little bump. They missed it. They held on. They didn't hedge it. And that's why, you know, I think a lot of farmers right now, it's starting to come in uh, yeah. more and more obvious that there's a lot of unpriced stored corn out there. So yeah. get a floor under it. Make it cheap. And hope that the USDA surprises us to the upside. Yeah. Okay. All right. At the start of this conversation, you said that there's, you know, it's an old crop, new crop market. Is the outlook for the new crop that much different than what we just talked about? Well, new crop, it's always the big what if. And I think that's going to be more significant as to what comes out of the crop in South America. So what what are we looking at there? And the market's kind of telling you that. How so? Well, I'll go back to the 2020 low for D's 24 corn, which is next year's corn. It was 395. The high we topped out at was 602. Lo and behold, we're halfway back, 498, yeah. $5. It's, it is the yeah. battle line. It's like, you know, the line of scrimmage. And we're going to, you know, thankfully we're in the middle of the range. We're not down, you know, down at 485 where we were back in last May. So I'd say be thankful for the fact that we're hanging in at this halfway back point. I think a lot of people are going to wait and see. You know, it, will that be the launching point for a recovery or will we have a kind of a go back to maybe those markets we had in 13, 14, 16, 17, where we have grinding sideways markets, which nobody likes those markets. Yeah. So when we look at what's going on in the equities trade in the treasuries and some of the other you know, options for the investor money that's out there, um, there there's. It's going to be tough to attract money to the long side of the markets based on the fundamentals that you just talked about, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's why if you look you know, every week, we get the commitment of trainers report. It's it's not a secret. They, they publish it. And, um, you know, right now you can see the way the funds are bet. Now, they will flip at a heartbeat. They really don't care. They don't. They just want to be yeah. the right way. So that's my silver lining. If we do get a story, if we do get some weather issue, if we do get uh, – uh, a pickup, um, you know, they'll flip in a minute. So I'm not saying that we can't bounce. It feels like to me, after doing this for 30 years, that, you know, we're trying to build a base here. This We're sitting at that halfway back move for both uh, uh, new crop corn and new crop beans. New crop beans hit 12, uh, 17. That's halfway okay. back, you know. So we're the market's kind of hanging fire, that old expression, waiting for the cannon to explode. 
And I think the, the first shot's going to come on the 12th. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we it, it's easy when we get into markets like we're in right now to forget about those retracement levels and just how important they can be. And, uh, boy, you cannot lose track of them, can you? Well, it's easy to, and they don't always work. That's the problem with charts, right? And I, I get it. But charts should be part of your decision-making process. Absolutely. They don't always work. But these big, big round numbers like $5 corn and $12 beans, those attract a lot of attention. And the yep. last time I checked, most people make money at $12 beans. Most people are making money, depending on their inputs and their costs, at yeah. $5. What you don't want to do is sit here and let that slip away. So this is going to be defense, defense. People don't like that because you're, you know, you're spending money that you hope you lose, which is a weird thing to do. Yep. But I think that's the that's the tack to take. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. We are going to continue the conversation with Chris Robinson, Robinson Ag Marketing, soybeans next week. We'll get to the livestock if there's time. I mentioned that he's a good follow on Twitter at C E R underscore hedge. At C E R underscore hedge to follow Chris on X. Ah, we'll be back in a moment. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes. For March, hard red winter wheat futures were seven and one half cents lower, six twenty-one and one half. March SRW wheat down six and a half cents to six dollars and one quarter cent. March corn futures one and one half cents higher today, four sixty-five and one quarter. May corn up a penny to four seventy-eight. March soybeans three and one half cents higher, twelve seventy-seven. May beans up four cents to twelve eighty-five. March cotton we clocked in. Gosh, I don't remember where we put that. There's no time. On to the livestock's February live cattle, seven and one half cents lower, 171.85. March feeder futures gained to 57 and one half to 227.02 and a half. Beb hogs, two and a half cents lower at 65.30. Oh, there's that uh, March cotton. No, no, it's not. It's sugar. Get more. Try profarmer.com. Sheesh. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. We are in the middle of a conversation with Chris Robinson from Robinson Ag Marketing. Uh, Chris, great job going through what's, what, what you see 
uh, from the corn market. Take us to the soy complex and and uh, March soybeans. What what do you think when you take a look at that chart? Well, March beans, you know, I've been talking about this in my letter too. For the last six months, we've been in this whipsaw range from basically about twelve seventy five all the way up to fourteen dollars and change. We went up and down that whipsaw, you know, four times. Yeah. Every time it looked like we we're going to pop through fourteen dollars and get going, we ripped around and you know dropped a dollar twenty five back down to this level. So that's the number one thing. We've really been in a sideways trade, and in all my years of doing this, that can be some of the most difficult trade for a lot yeah. of people because you get bullish naturally and you're like, okay, we're going to break through. We're going, we're going. And then you can equally as bearish like just what, just what happened here since uh, you know the beginning of the year, gap yeah. open lower new lows. It's, it can be very, very uh, upsetting. No, that's, that's right. the bottom line. Even if you're, you know, fundamentally, you know, just trying to catch the move. So the good thing is we're back down to what has been support going back geez, you know, back to June. So we're at these six-month lows. And I think, again, we're in a situation where the market's probably oversold. Now the funds are probably short a little bit of beans. They're short a lot of corn. They're short about a billion bushels of corn, 900 billion bushels of corn. They don't really have a big position on beans. So what does that mean to me? It means that if we get a friendly number at the USDA, we can flip the switch on this thing. And you've got to be comfortable with beans, you know, getting used to uh repeatedly having 30, 40, 50, 60 cent moves. I know it's hard to deal with, but it's just kind of the markets that we're stuck in right now. Yeah. Uh, so it's good news, bad news. Good news is we're at the bottom of the range. Um, bad news is, you know, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen on the 12th. Right, right. But but more good news is that we are seeing some wide price swings in that market. I. You, you just have to stop yourself from getting more bullish as the market goes up and stop yourself from getting more bearish as the market goes down, right? Yeah, which is hard to do. Yeah. Most people do well in, in trending markets like they had in the 70s. They, where you buy it at 2 bucks and it thinks it's 250 You buy more, it's $3. Those those markets, are, we haven't had those in a long time. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why. But a big part of it is the computerization mm -hmm. um, and the, just the – the rapid way markets can switch. So um, I think that that's something we've gotten used to or been trained a little bit here in the past two years since the, the, the pandemic started. And you have to remember too, we had a tremendous rally starting off those mm -hmm. pandemic lows. Yeah, yeah. We had a couple of good years. Yeah. Um, it feels like the market's trying to find some footing. I know that sounds kind of uh, generic, but it really it is. And I think, again, the proof's in the pudding. If, if you've gone up and down at a dollar twenty-five trading range, six months market's trying to tell you it's trying to figure out as well so don't get too bearish down here um make sure you keep your 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 uh risk managed yeah. and uh try and be objective which it's hard to do human nature you know you, you get emotional a good part of marketing and or trading is to be every day be like okay what's the plan um for yeah. the next week two weeks three weeks yeah. not worried about what happened yesterday yeah yeah exactly Exactly. Are you watching the bean oil market? I am. And what, what you know, is this a buying opportunity? We had a key reversal yesterday. It came down to six mm -hmm. month lows. Uh, the funds are massively short. Um, so what does that mean? Well, if they're wrong, they're going to have to buy all the all that stuff back. Same thing, you know, unfortunately just happened soybean meal. 
soybean meal, the funds had a huge long bet. They've just been getting crushed on, yep. on the way down here. So again, the even though the funds have got all the money in the world and you know all the most expensive computers and the guys with the PhDs, they don't always get it right either. So that's why right. I'm a big believer in checking on that because one thing they are good to watch, if there's nothing else, is when they are wrong. Yep. They will hit the buy button or the yes. sell button. Yes. They, they are out. So that's why we watch them every month. And so the setup is there. So again, if yeah. the story changes, you asked earlier, is there money out there? There's tons of money out there. There's so much yeah. money sitting on the sidelines. You've got the stock market you know, at all time highs. So there's a lot of money out there that is looking for a home. If we can get a story in the grains, these guys will come back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's such a great point that you made about, you know, an important reason to watch the funds. And it is because if they're in a bad trade, they know it. They'll get out. Yeah. And it's time to move on to the next. And, and sometimes that next is just staying away from uh, a group of markets for a little while. And I, I wonder if they're not just staying away from the long side of the grain markets here for a little while. They they may get out of short positions, but, man, getting out of shorts and getting long are two different things. Yeah, and and we've seen less volume. They haven't put on the big positions like they used to in the past you know, four or five years. Sometimes they'd have, you know, five, 600 corn on. Uh, you know, don't correct me if I'm wrong, but they'd have, you know, three, 400 regularly. Now they've got, you know, 100, 120, same thing in the beans. So they've been pulling back. And why? Just because of everything else. If you're not getting rewarded for taking positions, you, you cut back your bet size. And then, uh, like Bubba said earlier, He's right. When these markets turn, they will turn and, and everybody can jump back in the pool very quickly. Now, if you've got a, a mouse pad, you're in the game in 10 seconds if you want to be. Yep. Yep. OK. So take us over to the wheat complex. Uh, talk to me about the SRW market, the Chicago market. Here we are. Boy, talk about a bouncing around market between six and six fifty over the last yeah. three or four weeks. And every time we've got a rally, we had a you know 90 cent rally in uh, SRW, about an 80 cent rally in hard weight, and the laggard was uh, spring, which only managed 50. Every time this market looks like it's gonna turn the corner and and punish the shorts again, the funds have been short wheat. They they've had that right, uh, but again, if, if the market turns, I think that we get some uh, you know quick short covering. What's the one positive thing? The U.S. dollar has just come off its highs, right? So yeah. that's another thing I want to talk about. Big picture, the dollar came down to six-month, seven-month lows. We had a little bit of a bounce today, but that could help exports. We saw yep. a little bit of business today coming out of Taiwan. And again, big surprise. When you're at three-year lows, people open up their checkbooks. But we need more of it. Um, right now, we have, we have more of what the world wants less of, unfortunately. And the other problem with wheat is even when the funds do buy soybeans or corn, they spread it off by selling wheat. It's just a, it's a common spread that they do. Um, wheat's been a very, very difficult trade, really, for the past year and a half. That's another market, I think, until the story changes. It's SOS. When we get these markets, when we get a 70, 80 cent rally, use it to move the grain. I'd rather see guys sell into an 80 cent rally when it comes rather yeah. than hesitate because we can just see in the past year and a half how these rallies, they just have not had legs. And yeah. it's kind of like, um, you know, a peewee football. If you can run the ball to the right over and over again, they'll continue <laughs> to do it. So yeah. when you get those rallies, take advantage of it. Or you can always reopen it. Chris. Yeah, you can always reopen it. 
But um, <laughs> what we're trying to do, and all, all my guys, I always remind them this, what we're trying to do is make a good cash sale. Nothing beats a good cash sale. I say that over and over again. Yeah. If you're a farmer, producer, it's your cash sales that matter. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's go to the livestock trade because this cattle trade in the cattle complex has been so volatile coming off the September highs to the early December lows. Uh, what What's the the status of the the live and feeder cattle markets? Well, this, you know, for three years, we had a tremendous rally. The market rallied with the whole inflation story, and you had fundamentals that were all perfect. For three years, we kept saying, when's the high, when's the high, when's the high? Well, yeah. you know, little did we know that it was going to come on, you know, September. And then also, little did we know that, you know, we would lose. You know, I'm looking at a chart right now of fed fat cattle. I mean, to basically lose an entire year's rally in three yeah. months, that yeah. was the most one of the most vicious uh, corrections, liquidations, what have you, that we've had in a long time. So, yeah, the market's yeah. oversold. Um, the, the herd's still small. I think one problem plaguing the cattle is we've had good, better supplies of uh, better quality beef coming up out of South America. Uh, the herd is smaller, but also the animals are heavier. So yep. uh, I, I think that if anything, we've learned anything in cattle this year, it's to keep some sort of protection out there. Because you never know, even if it's a, yeah. something you paid very, very little for, it can really help your bottom line. Yep. Um, we've had a bit of a bounce, right? What does that mean? Well, you take the big break. We've had a 25% recovery, thank goodness, since those lows. Can we get more? Are we going to get the 38 or the 50? I hope so. But I think if I'm a producer, when you get a, a 10 or $12 rally in fat cattle, no, look at rewarding it somehow or trying to protect it somehow. I think this is a great market for puts because puts give you a floor, but they don't hammer you if you're wrong. Like the worst thing would be right now to get short a bunch of futures because fat cattle rallied 10 bucks. Yeah. And then two weeks from now, we're, we're not at 170, we're at 185. And you're like, oh, right. that, that's when a put can help you because you get a floor, yep. you keep the upside open. Yeah. Um, We've seen a beautiful recovery, especially in the deferred um, uh, feeder cattle. Feeder cattle go out to August. Yeah. August has basically clawed back half of its entire loss. That right. is a gift for produce producers. I, I put it in my letter this morning. You were kicking holes in the drywall three weeks ago, four weeks ago. This is your. This is a gift. So get after it. Get something done. Love it. Love it. I got one more real quick one for you. The over-under is at two and a half. What are you looking for on interest rate cuts in 2004? If anything's, you know what, I've, I've been doing this a long time. If anything I've learned, it's 90% of the time. If you're talking about it in Wall Street Journal, New York Times, yep. CNN, they're wrong. So yep. I'm worried that now, every you know, six weeks ago, it was higher for longer and they were never going to cut rates. Right. One thing changed. So I would take it all with a grain of salt. I'd say look for one to two. Certainly yeah. not eight. Like some of these guys yeah. are talking about eight cuts. That's that's insane. Good, so. good stuff, Chris. Thanks, buddy. Have a great year. We'll talk to you soon. Chris Robinson, you, Robinson sir. Ag Marketing. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. 
It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. We don't make the news. We render it. Agritalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson here. Hey, I don't mean to uh, switch horses midstream on you here, gang, uh, but Chip got a notification through, um, he's got the NASA app on his phone, and apparently there's a pop-up astronaut application tent event at his local area this afternoon. He's headed down there right now to to try and make his lifelong space dreams finally come true. Best of luck this time, buddy. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I've got a couple stories of note from this morning's news copy that we didn't have time for. We can try to get to some of that. Um, maybe some weather yet, too. But the first thing I want to do here uh, is start with USDA's fresh fertilizer numbers. Um, I'm a little bit, as uh, as they say, corn-fused by these prices, and I'm not quite sure how to, how to send them to you first. It, Producer Joe Stackler, question: When you have a three-way tie, well, uh, uh, how do you, how do you decide? You can't flip a coin, right? How do you how do you decide on a three-way tie? Um, dice. You know what? You're exactly right. I'm going to go ahead and read the averages first of these fertilizer prices. These are updated as of twelve twenty-nine. Last year, although just a couple of days ago, I've got uh, anhydrous ammonia. This is the average of the Iowa and Illinois price. And you'll understand my corn fusion. Let me just buzz through these here pretty quick. Um, I've got anhydrous ammonia between Iowa and Illinois down an average of $23.44 to an average between those two states of eight seventeen eighty five. Gap is down $0.08, cents, 7 67 Map up $10.93 to seven ninety nine fifty. I do not like the look of, of map at all right now. DAP is, is a wee bit overpriced compared to anhydrous ammonia. Map is wicked overpriced compared to anhydrous ammonia. I don't like it. Potash up $3.01 over the uh, two week period. 519.96. UAN 28% is down about seven and a half bucks to 374.44. 32% unchanged. They didn't report 32%. We may come back to that yet. 392.67. Urea down $25.42 to a regional average of 551.25. Uh, Farm diesel ruby red down 12 cents per gallon to $3.05. Now, if you remember, we, we, we thought perhaps that Iowa was a little bit overpriced the last time we talked about fertilizers. Uh, and it, it turns out, yeah, quite the, uh, Quite the slide here in Iowa farm diesel pricing. And then we've got liquid propane steady uh, over the period at $1.58 per gallon. Okay, this is, I'm not sure what to make of this. We're going to go and break these out individually by state. And I don't want to, I don't want this to get too deep in the weeds here, but 
When we looked at the average, we were down, call it 23 bucks on anhydrous ammonia when we put the two states together. Iowa itself during the report week was actually up $6.93 to $8.46.60. So maybe we had higher here. But when we, when we look at Illinois' anhydrous ammonia quote, we're at $7.89.09. That's down $53.82 over the same period. So if we have the same product in bordering states, since the degree of decline in Illinois was so much greater than the decree, the degree of increase in Iowa, can we assume that anhydrous ammonia is going to continue lower? I mean, there's all kinds of ways to swirl around that. But Iowa's up like six, seven bucks. Here's anhydrous in uh, Illinois, down 5382. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Let's... Let's press on here. Uh, urea, as reported in Iowa by USDA at 585.50, that's down 28.50 over the period. Uh, MAP is at 820 in Iowa, that's up $2.86. Uh, potash at 521, up $4.38. Here we go. Look out. Look out below for the farm diesel in Iowa, down 23 cents on the report week to $3.07. And here's your propane at a buck 58. Those are for the state of Iowa. Anhydrous up. Urea down hard, and you've got uh, MAP and Potash up, diesel down. Now let's flip over to Illinois. I told you about anhydrous down 53.82. Here's Urea, 5.17 in Illinois, down 22.33. Here's 28% liquid nitrogen, 3.74.44, down 7 bucks and 36 cents. DAP here down 8 cents on the on the uh, two-week period to 7.19.67, and MAP is up 19 bucks. Does any of this make sense to anyone? Potash at five eighteen ninety two down five dollars ninety eight cents. Uh, all told, our nutrient composite index uh, actually comes in at eight sixty six sixty seven with this group of numbers averaged together. Uh, our expected new crop revenue based on December twenty twenty four corn futures comes in right around eight thirty. So we're it's Map's fault. It's all Map's fault that we are overpriced compared to. Um, to, to expected new crop corn revenue. Um, I'm just not sure if if the declines in Illinois are like some sort of exhaustion thing or if they're showing us how aggressive Illinois wants to be toward the downside, which would then pull Iowa with it. I'm not sure. Um, do with this information what you will. Maybe we can talk about it again um, some other time. But just stay aware of what's going on in these markets because, hey, you know, you're probably going to need some fuels and fertilizers at uh, at some point. I'm trying to think. Nah, I don't think I've got time here for this. Maybe I do for one. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials report there have been some 302,000 migrant encounters in December. That's the highest number of illegal crossings ever recorded in a month. These from uh, this morning's news copy. Uh, 24 attacks against merchant ships have been reported in the Southern Red Sea since November 19. This according to U.S. CENTCOM. Danish shipping giant Maersk said it will continue to avoid the area and the Suez Canal. Uh, And finally here, the uh, car makers are concerned about the potential negative impact on U.S. electric vehicle sales if the Inflation Reduction Act is scrapped. The act incentivizes EV purchases, and without those incentives, who's going to buy them? It's a good question. It's a valid question. Let's quickly go to the National Weather Service 6 to 10 day outlook. Pretty simple, not much different from yesterday. Uh, the eastern Corn Belt, above normal temperatures expected between January 9 and 13. 
uh, parts west. I'm going to call it the western Iowa border and west, all below normal temperatures. Up in Alaska, above to near normal temperatures. Pretty much everybody except southern central Texas looking for above uh, above uh, average chances for precipitation uh, across the uh, United States here in the 6 to 10 day. Uh, 8 to 14 day looks pretty similar. Below average temperatures take over more of the country. Uh, thanks to Chris Robinson, Robinson Ag Marketing. Tomorrow we've got Monty Shaw and Margie Eckelkamp, and I hope you'll tune in as well for more AgriTalk. <laughs>